Hello, and welcome to the Spooky Dookie Podcast, the only horror podcast for you social outcasts. Hosted by us, I'm Derek. I'm Mike. I almost said I'm Mike. Anyway, we just watched uh, 2012's Sinister, um, starring Ethan Hawke and other people who I really don't care about. I mean, I really don't care about Ethan Hawke either, but, you know, Ethan Hawke. The only thing I learned about anyone else in this film, uh, the woman who plays his wife, what the hell is her name? Tracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in stage plays and Ethan Hawke. It was a stage play for some Shakespeare shit. And Ethan Hawke um, saw the play and then suggested her to the director. And that's how she got the gig. Interesting. So she she never did anything in Hollywood before then. So everyone's relatively unknown. Besides, actually, we'll get into it. Deputy so and so, but I mean, he was unknown by then. Like at that, yeah. Point. But now he's not. <laughs> um, did you see this when it came out? When did you see this? I saw it two years ago. Okay. So I went because to the theater. I always wanted to see this movie, but I'm just so stupid with getting the things. My <laughs> sister came home from the theater and said, "It's so scary. Don't go see it." And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this. And then somehow I just never thought about it again after 2012 because I don't I don't know, people just didn't talk about it. And then Conjuring took over. Uh, yeah, a year later I saw Conjuring because everyone said how scary that was and I just forgot about Sinister for a while. If you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast, just turn this podcast off and watch the movie first. This is like one of those movies that you need to see. Um I really wish, I mean, I've seen this movie when it first came out, 2012. I wish I could experience this movie for the first time again, just for the podcast sake. Um, but yeah, it was fun Imagine watching it again. genuine reactions if we yeah. haven't, oh my God. <laughs> um, I'm just going to spoil it, guys. We kind of like this movie. And if you've seen our <laughs> tier list on YouTube, you kind of know that already. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, Newsflash, it's it's actually fucking terrifying. And I'm not scared of horror movies, but this movie oh, yeah. is fucking terrifying. If you follow me on Twitter and you said and you saw my tweet saying we're about to watch a movie that I'm dreading to watch because I live by myself, this is the movie. This is one of the movies, only horror movies that makes me like legit paranoid after watching it. Like it just always feels like somebody's watching me. It's like I don't like it. <laughs> makes my skin crawl. <laughs> And I, it's, so, it's so crazy that a movie that's fictional could make me feel that way because that never happens. I, I always say to you that the only thing I kind of still get bothered by is the Final Destination movies because they're sort of in reality with some of the deaths. So it gives me some sort of irrational phobias. But there's something so mm, I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> well, well, I think I think I'll get it across since we start talking about the visuals, but okay, let's get into it. Okay, so first off, this movie starts off on a very eerie note with uh, you see a family of four being hung on a tree. Like the tree branch is, is falling, and as the tree branch falls, the family's being lifted up by their necks on a rope. So that's how the movie starts. So you just like, oh, well, that's the tone of the movie. Reminds me so, of the movie that came out a year later at the same tone. Shoot, what movie? Conjuring. Really? It wasn't the opening scene in that movie, a noose on a tree with a girl? Shit, I don't remember. Yeah, the movie starts off with that. And we have, we're introduced to the family. 
who is um, Ellison, who is um, played by Ethan Hawke. Uh, I believe sometimes they call him Eli as well. I, uh, on a side note, I, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, uh, but I wonder if he's named Ellison after the author Harlan El- Ellison. Are you familiar with him? No. He is the author of Psycho and my like my, one of my favorite books of all time, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which they made a, vi- a video game about in the 90s. Look into it. It's fucking weird. Either way, <laughs> he's like a very, very influential hard uh writer i guess i wonder if that's intentional anyway it's just it's, a, it's an easter egg i can't prove that yeah but it probably is but uh because ellison's a weird name anyway yeah um then you have uh his wife tracy uh and then their son trevor and daughter ashley they're moving into a new home and they cut to the um Deputy so-and-so. I'll get into why they call him Deputy so-and-so later on. But Deputy so-and-so is holding um, Eli's book called Kentucky Blood. He got an autograph from him. And the police officer, the sheriff, he's like, wow, really? You got an autograph? And uh, Deputy so-and-so got in the car with his partner and drove off. And the sheriff goes to talk to... um, He wants to talk to Eli. So... um, Eli comes out, police officer, he uh, tries to convince Eli to leave. Um, The reason why is because in a previous book that Eli wrote called uh, Code Denver Morning, also he's a uh, true crime writer. So in his previous book called Denver Morning, uh, Code Denver Morning, he uh, got one of the cases wrong and caused a killer to walk free. And the sheriff just doesn't want that in his town. And he doesn't want him writing about what's going on in their town about the murder that happened at the house. Because before the officer drives, the sheriff drives away, he says, I find this an extremely bad taste and points at the house. And at this point, we don't know that that they're living in the house that the uh, suicide, well, not suicide, the murder happened. Um... And uh, once the sheriff shows out, the wife asks why the uh, sheriff points at the house. And she was like, we didn't move a few houses down from a crime scene again. And uh, he said, no, I promise we didn't do that. Which, I mean, yeah. He technically didn't lie. <laughs> but why but... she worded like that? <laughs> yeah. He's still a slime ball for that shit. Yeah, he's a very terrible person. But <laughs> um, after he says, no, I promise, it cuts to him staring outside of his backyard and you see the tree with the broken branch from the video in the beginning. Um, so, yep, they're moving in. He's bringing boxes up into the attics and he looks in the attic and he sees this box that's not theirs in the attic. It's a black box. And uh, when he goes towards it, he sees a scorpion. He kills the scorpion and he looks into the box and he sees all these tapes and two of the tapes that's like that sh- he reads off out loud was uh family hanging out 11 and barbecue 79 um then uh, i cussed them having dinner or whatever it's just a dinner full of exposition just explaining how money is tight right now because they didn't sell their old house yet and they're also waiting for him to sell the second book because he thinks he's going to make it big with the second book. Um, then it cuts to him and his wife are in bed or she's getting ready to go to bed. 
he's going to go work, but they're talking and she's just, she doesn't want him writing these types of books anymore because he doesn't seem happy. He's basically trying to chase this 15, 15 minutes of fame that he previously had with uh, Kentucky Blood. Um, she tried to convince him to write uh, fiction books, but he said his fiction books doesn't sell. Um, and she said, well, if this doesn't work out, she's going to take the kids and move in with her sister. And uh, he says that he promised everything would work out. So he leaves and he goes downstairs to his office and watches two of the tapes. He watches Family Hanging Out 11 and watches Pool Party 66. Uh, Family Hanging Out is the video of the family hanging in a tree. And uh, Pool Party 66, um, that one's pretty dark. (laughs) Oh, man. I, I think this might be my favorite one they showed because it made me feel really uncomfortable but i there's another one we'll get into eventually online uncomfortable all of them (laughs) i don't think there's a bad one one's kind of lazy but i'll get into that one too but in pool party 66 they're the family chairs yeah their family are like duct tape or strapped to the chairs and then to lawn chairs and then like underneath the lawn chair you can see like these cinder blocks, like taped on the center chair as well. And one by one, they're getting pulled into the pool and they they all just drown to death. It's pretty, pretty messed up. <laughs> Did you uh, know that those, they had to keep like a, like a scuba diver, like that close to feed them oxygen, like right away? Oh, you think they... No, they did. Oh, they did? And I, I did... I don't... Spoiler, I don't know. Did they show him in the bottom of the pool in that scene yet? Not not yet, no. Much later. Well, he needed it too, and he was really on the bottom of that pool. Oh. Yeah. It, dude. Wait, he, wait, they had him in the, the he costume was, underneath? Yup. And he <laughs> was like, they put like, no, I don't know if it was weights or something. I can't remember what they said, but he was really on the bottom of that pool. And they again, they had the scuba diver like on, Jesus. like right next to him, ready to feed him air. <laughs> it's fucking nuts and also all these um real things are filmed on super 8 film that's not an effect they really did that oh nice like so I this, like that. the fucking attention and detail in this movie is incredible but go on uh so yeah he watches that then he walks away and i don't know this stuff happens not really anything important then he goes back to watch the tapes again and then he watches uh barbecue 79 and that one made me feel uncomfortable. Um, not just okay. So what happens is uh, these this family are like they're chained to the car, like inside of the car, and the car just set on fire. Um, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's bad people burning alive, but the music or whatever is so eerie to it. Do you remember the music that's playing yes. in the background? It's so disturbing. So disturbing. And I feel like they do a, such a good job with the sound in this movie, mm-hmm. especially with the Super 8 films, um, especially one in particular. Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, so, um, what happens? Oh, yeah, he watches that, and that's when he realizes, oh, shit, this is pretty fucked up. So he um, he getting ready to dial 911 or call the police because he's on the phone with the police. And... Um, as he's waiting for the uh, dispatcher to pick up the phone, he's staring at his little bookcase shrine thing of his Kentucky Blood uh, book, just remembering like why he's doing all of this. 
And he decides to keep on going and he just hung up the phone on the police. Um, uh, some more stuff happens that's not important. Uh, he later goes on to watch more tapes. Uh, he hears a noise, goes and wait. Yeah, yeah. He goes to uh, watch more tapes. Isn't this the little boy scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he goes to watch more tapes. Then he hears a noise. He goes in the living room and he sees a box just sitting there. And all of a sudden you just see something watching this for the first time. You don't know what it is. Just something coming out the box. And it turns out it's his son coming out the box and he just starts screaming real loud. Um, turns out he's having a night terror. And they uh, had to carry him outside and wake him up. Um, my little brother used it's to have the, night terrors. They're not fun. <laughs> to is the ri- the ring's on with the little boy, right? Wait, what did you say? Ring is on with the little boy, right? Uh, yes. So Sinister was inspired by a nightmare based the, the, the writer had based off the ring, and that's like straight up like a ring scene. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I remember my little brother used to have night terrors. We'll all be asleep and he'll just first he'll get up and like sleepwalk and he'll walk to the hallway and all of a sudden he just starts screaming real loud, waking everybody up. Not fun. Damn. <laughs> okay, so then later on more stuff happens, blah blah blah. Who cares? Um, he watches uh Sleepy Time ninety eight, which is what I think is the laziest one, but whatever. Um, that's the one where the family's like taped down onto the bed and the person holding the Super 8 camera is just walking by and slitting everybody's throat. Except for the dog, the little chihuahua. He, he lets the chihuahua go. But uh, they, uh, they spared it, unlike the Conjuring, who didn't spare their dog. But I think, yeah, it's lazy, but it still felt gross. To, and like it still hurt to watch because even um, Eli looked away when they did the last cut because it was on a child. Yeah, it was still intense. Still right. got the job done. Yeah, it wasn't creative, but what is there like five different uh, reels in this film, and four of them are. So I'll give him pass. After that tape, he tries doing like research on the murders or whatever, and then a, a power goes out, and he hears noise in the attic, like somebody's walking. So he's uh, I don't know what's up with this family or him. Maybe they, oh wait. Maybe they can't afford the electric bill. That's why they can't turn the lights on because he never turns the lights on. It's, it's kind of annoying. I mean, but at this point, the power went out. But throughout the entire movie, he never turns the lights on. And it's so annoying. But anyways, yeah. he um, he's walking through the house because he hears the noise. He hears the noise in the attic. He's walking around. He uh, goes upstairs to the attic and um, he sees a little box. He opens the box and it's um, the the drawings of the little kids who the missing kids well i don't know if he knows it's the missing kids yet but whatever it's the drawings of the missing kids and it shows basically what's happening each video like the uh pool uh pool party video you see the lawn chairs and the family surrounding the pool and then in each of the picture there's a extra person there and is for their name it's always mr boogie mr boogie's in all the uh pictures also, when he um, grabs the box, he he sees a snake. Um, so yeah, he calls the police for a break in. Uh, then that's when Deputy Silverso comes in, and he basically says, "There's no way someone could have broken in an attic if the door wasn't open." And um, 
Eli was like, well, there was a snake up there. And then Debbie says, there's no, I mean, he says snakes don't have feet, which I thought was pretty funny. But anyways, um, like I said before, uh, Debbie so-and-so in the beginning of the movie, he had got a autograph because he's a huge fan. So he brought up the idea of him being on the acknowledgement page for uh, the new book because in all his other books, he has an acknowledgement page for all the people who helped him. And Deputy So-and-so wants to be in it. And he was just throwing out the idea. He's like, yeah, maybe I could be in the book, you know, and like De- Deputy So-and-so. And uh, after that, Eli just kept calling him Deputy So-and-so. He even saved him in the phone as Deputy So-and-so. He kept calling him Deputy So-and-so to his face, and he never corrected him and told him his name. So his name is credited as Deputy So-and-so. Even in the second movie, he's the main character, and he's still uh, Deputy So-and-so. Did he Whatever. ever say his name once? No. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so after all that happened, Eli goes back to, he watches old interviews of himself as a uh, as he was younger, as his Kentucky blood start getting big. Then he goes back to watch the videotapes again and notice Bagul's face is all in, like, in all of the videos. Um, then while he's, he sees his face in the video, he sees his face in the, um, once he sees uh, Bagul's face in the, uh, what's that video? The pool party video where he's under the water, like Mike was yeah. talking about. Um, w, he pauses the video on uh, Bagul's face and Deputy So-and-so calls him to tell, he calls Eli to tell Eli about the, tell him the addresses of each death, like where each death happens. And uh, Eli realizes that one of the families lived in the same home where the previous family died. But he didn't really think much of it. And as he made this realization, like he said it out loud. And as he made that realization, you can see Bagul's face in the uh, the picture, the, like the screenshot where his paws. You see Bagul's face, look at Eli. And then as soon as Eli was going to look at the uh, computer, you see uh, Bagul's face just go back to where it was, the original position. And that freaked me out so much when I first you saw, saw this movie. You saw this in theaters, right? Yeah. Everybody freaked out, dude. I was going to say, like, <laughs> that, like, that is a moment where I could see everybody gasping. Like, and not even and, being, like, dramatic where people are, 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 like, a lot of people react to movie theaters sometimes and I'm like, oh, come on, really? Everyone <laughs> will be making the same noise and that happens. It was fucking creepy. Yeah, and and nobody was like, well, I was probably the only person who was like, oh, shit, but, like, it wasn't like, you know, how everybody, like, nowadays if people go to a movie and they get scared, they'll scream and then they laugh afterwards. Yeah. Everybody was just like, <gasps> just like yeah. they, they had nothing to say. <laughs> I would have jumped on my chair and been like, boy, Ethan Hawke, get the fuck out of there. And it was crazy because, like, I don't remember, I seen this movie opening day. I don't really remember much about the uh, marketing and how it was advertised. But that theater was packed for some reason. Like I remember the commercials with the little girl dragging the blood on the wall, I think, right? Shoot, I don't remember anything. <laughs> you're, uh, you're so lucky you saw that. It's yeah. like in the heat of the moment and also it was opening night. That must yeah. have been a hot fucking crowd. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that all happened. Um, also, I forgot to mention before Eli um, called the police when he found the uh, the... Before he found, or when he found the uh, pictures of Mr. Boogie, uh, before he called the police, he actually fell in the attic. So anyways, um, 
after the phone call, Eli switched over. And he was um, also recording on his cell phone. So also, after he got off the phone with Deputy So-and-so, he clicks over to the video of him falling. And like the final frame of that, of him falling, he sees um, a bunch of children's like ghost hands grabbing his shoulders. And uh, that freaked him out. Um, So later on that night, um, after... I guess he's fell asleep. I don't know how time goes by in this movie anymore. But anyways, he uh he wakes up in the middle of the night and he sees the projector playing the hanging video on his own. Uh he turns it off and uh he has this photo that he printed out of Bagul in the backyard of the hanging video. And he puts it up to the window because he knows like the bush is in the exact same position. You can see Bagul in the picture. So when he removes the picture from the like from his sight or the like in front of the window, he sees Bagul actually outside in the backyard. And he's like, ah, and that was pretty scary too. He even watched it now, that scared me because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he um grabs a bag, runs outside to go see if Bagul's out there. But when he looks in the bush, it's actually his son uh sleepwalking again. And he carries his son back into the uh, house. And the wife is just like, uh, we can't do this no more. You're freaking out and all this stuff. And he was like, well, well I got it. An annoying British accent. Very yeah. weird that, I mean, if she's yeah. British, she's British. But like, yeah, it, try an American <laughs> accent. You're a little out of place here, honey. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, whatever. And he left his bat outside. He went to go get his bat. And it was a dog outside. And the dog was, he Eli thought the dog was growling at him, but turns out uh, the ghost children were behind him and the dog was growling at the ghost. But anyways, he comes back with the bat. Wife still is like freaking out and all this stuff. Um, she wants him to give up and he's just like, nah, I ain't going to do that. Um, next day, uh, deputy, I keep wanting to call him deputy Dewey because of fucking uh, yeah, scream. But- <laughs> he seems like it. He seems very similar. <laughs> uh, Deputy so-and-so uh, came over and they're talking about the murders or whatever. Uh, what happens? Uh, they have a convo. Um, I think it was Debbie so-and-so who said that the murders first dates back to the 60s and uh, all the victims were drugged. To, yeah, all the victims were drugged and it seemed like they did that he did all the he drugged all of them to avoid heavy lifting because the uh murderers seemed to be weaker um uh the entire family for all the uh families all the <laughs> i can't like words are all stumbled up hold up for each murder the entire families were murdered except one and they all left in each murder scene there was a symbol that was left behind and it looked like a cult symbol. So Deputy So-and-so gives the con gives the contact to a, a professor who's an expert of the occult. Whew, that was a lot of words that confused my and brain. That's a guy from Men in Black. Don't know his name, but he's famous. I don't know who he is. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. So later on, he uh Eli goes back to watching the video. And this video causes him to lose his shit and kind of caused me to lose my shit too. <laughs> oh, uh, is this 
Oh, it's the oh, yep. <laughs> let me think. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, let me see. Lawn work eighty six. <laughs> All of these generic, like vague titles are creepy as fuck too. They say they gave them the these titles so it can entice the person who finds the box to watch the videos. I don't know if that would entice me. What lawn work and family hanging out? Like you don't know what it is. So you're saying that these movie titles are supposed to be labeled the way they are so innocently to entice the person into watching it to give them some sort of security thinking it's going to be something that's not threatening? Yeah, pretty much. Because, like, you, you got sleepy time and and a uh, pool party. It's, it's messed up. <laughs> Never thought of it that. I thought it was weird that they that uh, Bagul was labeling them at all. But that yeah. makes sense. But, yeah, that one, like I said, the Super 8 sound quality like the the soundtrack that they have playing is just so good. Like the barbecue one, the the music was just so creepy and disturbing and I hate it. I hate it. I don't want to hear it anymore. It's so disturbing. But in this one, it's just quiet. Like it's super, super quiet. You just, you don't know what's going on. You just see this person walking with the Super 8 camera, walking towards the lawnmower, Push the lawnmower. You don't know if it's on or not because you can't hear anything. And then as soon as it runs over one of the family's faces, it, the sound just cuts up. And um, such good jump scares. Yeah, and that's when uh, Eli loses his shit. He's freaking out and like, yeah, it's fucked up. Um, How many do you think you could take before you lost your shit? Fucking poor connection. I didn't say anything. Okay. <laughs> so you were thinking about it? Yeah. Damn. Uh, um, uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, shit, probably ate the first one after the family hang. <laughs> I think that would fucking terrify me, but I think I'd be done at the pool one. I think the pool one, for some reason, is the worst one for me. I know the lawnmower is the most remembered and the most violent, but something about the slowly dragging each person with the attached to a lawn chair with the cinder blocks or just something that I was like, I'd be like, nope, jump out the window, never fucking come back. And then they going in backwards, head first. So all that water rushing straight into their nasal, nasal cavity. They're, they're suffering. It's bad. <laughs> oh. But uh, Jesus. Um, this is what Saw should be doing. So um, that happens. Then Eli gets a call from Professor Jonas, the uh, the uh, the uh, the professor. He, uh, free- at, oh, go ahead. Uh, was about to say. You guys talking about the professor? Yeah, I was just gonna say the one was good with the cult, but what was just about to say. Is this the part where he freaks out and just takes the projector and then tosses it outside? Like and set it on fire, and then set, lets it on fire. Oh no, 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 not yet. So yeah, Professor Jonas, um, he calls or FaceTimes or Skypes. I don't know. <laughs> he video chats with Eli about the symbols that uh, Deputy So and So sent them, and it was like uh, this: like these symbols aren't like something you'll find in a a rock band or something because they're so obscure. 
Um, he says it's supposed to be about a pagan deity deity by the name of Bagul, also uh, named Eater of Children. And uh, he traps the children in a netherworld and feeds on their soul over it's time. Now. How about now? <laughs> okay, you're good. I don't even know when you said rock bands if it went through. It didn't on my end, but I don't know if it kept recording for you. It probably keeps recording. After hearing this, Eli, he packs all the tapes away and he puts them away or whatever, and then he goes to sleep. Then he wakes up again and he hears the uh, projection playing again in the middle of the night by himself. And he hears the projection noise again. He gets up, and he goes into his office and he sees the hanging video playing again in the middle of the night. Um, and then that's when he like grabs a bat again for some reason. And he's walking through the dark ass house. And this is like one of the, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this scene. Um, well, with the kids popping out everywhere? Yeah. And it didn't do anything for me. Out of all, of, I mean, everything else is more scary. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of goofy to me. It felt like a, I don't know, like a cartoon skit. I don't know why, because they were slow motion running away. That and just the way they were fucking with him without him knowing. It felt like I'm watching Elmer Fudd being fucked with by <laughs> Bugs Bunny, Eli Fudd, but. uh <laughs> Yeah, apparently that uh, Ethan Hawke had a walk really fast in that scene mm-hmm. for some reason because they they were filming two different speeds or something. I don't know. They did a lot of camera tricks in this. Mm. Well, at least they were trying with that scene, but I guess that's the one scene we don't really like. But go ahead. Right. So yeah, he's um, so he's walking around trying to figure out what's going on, and he checks on everybody's room to make sure they're asleep and they're okay. And he opens up his daughter's room. And she looks like she's asleep because she got the cover over her face. But the camera pans over and she looks absolutely terrified because one of the dead girls is in the corner of the room and there's a painting of a ghoul on the wall and the, the dead girl is telling her to be quiet. And so, yeah, so uh, Eli doesn't know what's going on. So he just closes the door. He goes on the couch and he falls asleep with the bat in his hands. But at this point, he's like, He's over this. He's like tired. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And he uh, has Deputy so-and-so come over again. And he asked them, was there anything weird about the Stevensons, the people who lived there before? He was wondering if they were being haunted like he was. And um, the deputy, he asks uh, Ethan, does he, not Ethan, Eli, if he, <laughs> he has Eli, if Eli's wife, knows the house that they're staying in and Eli's like no and Debbie was like well that's fucked up pretty much and so um, Eli says uh, he doesn't believe in ghosts and Debbie was like you wouldn't have moved into a crime scene if you did and Debbie uh, and basically the Debbie he thinks that Eli is losing his mind because he's like he's so focused on his case and every time the deputy comes over, he always sees an empty whiskey glass with the bottle right there because um, uh, Eli's always drinking. And um, But Eli swears he's not an alcoholic and blah, blah, blah. I don't know about that one, Chief. Right. <laughs> and um, what you call it? Uh, Eli, he asked deputy so-and-so, he's like, 
uh, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, he's like, you don't believe in ghosts, don't you? And uh, W so and so is like, yes, of course I do. He was like, yeah, you be crazy wise when he was a kid. <laughs> he was like, you'll be crazy if you live in this house in a crime scene like this. I will never be able to sleep. And I think that kind of bothered you a lot even more. Um, so Debbie leaves, blah, blah, blah. More stuff happens. Uh, daughter drew Stephanie, which is the missing girl. Uh, she drew her on the wall. And um, the well, one of the missing girls, the one who hung her parents in the house they're living in. And uh, she told her mother she used to live there, which the wife is pissed now because now the wife knows that they're living in a uh in a crime scene or She's whatever. She's like, you bloody bloke, you better bugger off. Am I right? British people. All right. So blah, 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 more happens. They argue. Uh, they go to sleep. Uh, Eli wakes up to the noise of projector again. Then he goes back into the office. But this time the projector isn't there. So he walks, but he still hears the projector. So he walks out into the hallway. He sees the attic doors open, climbs up the ladder, sees the dead kids watching the tapes. And Bagul is on the projector. Um, and then Bagul jumps out the projector. Oh, and it caused, it. yeah. <laughs> and it caused Eli to fall. And then when he fell to the ground, um, the box fell out the attic too with all the tapes and the projector. And so uh, Eli immediately grabs everything, runs outside, and just put it on a barbecue and set it all on fire. And the wife comes out and she's like, what are you doing? It's late. And she was, he was like, you, 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 you were right. I shouldn't have done this. This is a bad idea. We got to go pack all the things and go. She was like, but what's going on? He's like, go. And uh, so <laughs> they uh, pack up. Well, they didn't even pack up anything. They all got in the car and they left. And um, the, the daughter is asking, are we finally going back home? And he says, yes. Um, and that they're going to have, she's like, well, what about all our stuff? And he was like, we had the movers come bring it in tomorrow. Um, so yeah, that happens. Then they get pulled over from, by the sheriff from, uh, the beginning of the movie because they were speeding and the sheriff's going to write them a ticket. But, um, Eli basically said that he's taking his advice by moving, uh, leaving out of town and that he's not even going to write a book. And the sheriff was happy about it. He was like, well, I guess I won't need your autograph anymore. So he tears up the ticket and let them go. Um, let's see here. They move back into the house. Right. So because the morning, they're moving back into the house. Um, Eli's phone's ringing. He sees his deputy so-and-so calling. He ignores the phone call. Um, then... Uh, he, he ignores the phone calls multiple times. Um, then later on that night, um, Professor Jonas sends an, he sends an email of like images of Bagul, like these old time images. And um, uh, yeah, these old time images or whatever. He looks at the images and then he gets a phone call from, uh, or a video call from Professor Jonas. And Jonas explains that these are only images that he can find. And because most of the images were burnt, because back in the day, people thought that the images were a gateway for Bagul, and that's how he was able to come in and out of existence, which explains this uh, Super 8 tapes. Oh, yeah. This, 
Yeah, yeah. So isn't this um, one his daughter gives him a drink? Not yet. So he he's like uh, so he's like kind of freaking out. He's out of it or whatever. But so I don't know why he goes up in the attic, but he goes back up in the attic to the new house and he sees a bo- the box that he burnt is back is in the attic in their new house. He opens it up and he sees an envelope and the envelope says extended cut endings. And um, inside the envelope, it was a new film or whatever. Um, so he's like putting up the putting the film together. I really don't know how a film works, old film. But he's trying mm-hmm. to like figure out how it goes together. And then he's drinking out of this mug and you see a note underneath it. And um, you just see, you could, you kind of only, it's like sort of out of focus, but you can see the word daddy on there. So, you know. Good night, daddy. Right. I mean, yeah, they reveal that at the end. But like while he's drinking it, you don't really see the note. You just see daddy on it. And then he puts it, he puts a drink down. And then um, what happens? Um, then that's when deputy so-and-so calls while he's putting the film together. And he tells him that he shouldn't have moved because um, that was a bad idea because each family that died as soon as they moved from the house that they were haunted in. So like every time a family moves in a house that a murder occurred, when they moved, they end up dying. And that's how the chain worked. So since this family is now about to die in this house, whoever moves into this house they're going to get haunted. And then once they move away, then they're going to die. So anyways, I don't know. He was kind of out of it. I don't know if he was just in shock or what. He was lightheaded. Yeah, maybe he was, yeah, probably lightheaded. And he just got off the phone and he watches the tapes. And at the end of the tapes, you see uh, all the kids coming, like at the end of each tape, like in the old tapes, you just see the murders happening and it's over. In these tapes, you see, you see what happens after the murders and his kids, the missing kids coming out and grabbing the camera because they're the ones who did the killing. That's why the, all the victims were drugged and because the murderers were weak, they were all children. Um, he, will, he goes and reach for his cup to take another drink and he looks at the note and the note says, good night, daddy. He gets up, he starts stumbling all over the place. And he also he falls. sees inside the cup is a little bit green. Yeah. And he falls and his daughter comes out and she was like, uh, I always like the longer endings. Um, and uh, he passes out. He wakes up. He sees his wife in front of him tied, tied up just like he is. And his daughter is coming out with a uh, axe. And she basically chops up the whole family and goes away with Bagul. And her their tape is called House Painting 2012. But yes. Because she spread their blood on blood the walls. Blood on the walls, yeah. And also she, she used to paint, she likes to paint on the walls. I forgot to mention that. But she's only allowed to paint. Before she was on Yeah. She was only allowed to paint on the walls in her room. Oh wow, I just I just not putting that together. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was Sinister 2012. <laughs> As you guys know, we, we love this movie. And yes. now I guess we're going to talk about why we love this movie. You want to go yes. first? 
Um, you go first. I got okay. a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot to say too. Well, no horror movie is perfect. It can't be. Nothing is perfect. But this comes the closest to being perfect for me. Like the jump scares were good, but ghoul is creepy. They killed children in the movie, which is always like ten times like more fucked up and more like just gross. The 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 reels were absolutely disturbing. Um the acting was great. Ethan Hawke was great. It, the, the dynamic he had with his wife was believable when they were fighting and they had tension and whatnot. The kids' actors are pretty good. That says something. Um, I'm trying to think of every... I want to get like every single thing I love in this movie because I need people to he- keep watching this movie. The foreshadowing, like we just said, was was a, a nice touch. There's a lot of these small touches to this film, which I feel like should be appreciated a lot more. I like, like I said, they were doing... Um, scenes where actors were actually in the water and they had to have like a diver there to come give them water. They're really dedicated in this movie. They filmed it on a actual uh, film camera. Uh, the score is really beautiful and chilling. The lore is, is really good, not boring. I, I just don't have, I don't think, I'm, I don't know if I have any complaints. I don't know if you have any complaints. Probably not. Uh, not really. I don't. I'm trying to think of something. Usually, I have something even in the movies I like where I think I would do something differently to to just appeal to my taste. But I really can't think of anything. I really, oh, I really can. love this movie. I can't easily. <laughs> oh, another thing I did like um, that I, you think they escaped at the end, and then they moved to a new house. Like, okay, it's over for now, right. and then it, they get fucked by moving into the new house and they're part of the whole linear timeline which i thought was a great touch i didn't it's see that so coming. smart because like usually when you see a haunted house movie you think why the fuck won't they just move out the goddamn house oh look what happens <laughs> beautiful touch couldn't escape it <laughs> like he's gonna keep fucking with you until you move out the house like he will not let you go <laughs> like it's very interesting that he wants you to move to kill you spreads the curse around um what I was about to say. Oh. Should I get into mine? Yeah. Okay. Did you see Sinister 2? No. Okay. This movie is very good. I like it a lot. Uh, my biggest gripe, even when I first saw this movie, was the end. And the end was Bagul coming from behind the girl, picking her up and taking her to the screen. I hated it because... I don't think Bagul outside the screen is scary. He just looks like a dude with a mask on to me. It wasn't, it, it kind of took me out of the movie at that point. Sinister 2 was a good idea and they fell flat on their fucking faces. Now, when I first saw Sinister 2, I shitted on that movie. I was so pissed off. And all my friends were like, you're crazy. Uh, you you just overthink it. And I was like, oh, maybe they're right. So I rewatched Sinister 2, and I was like, uh, okay, it's not that bad. I was overreacting. Rewatching this movie now, I can understand my hatred towards Sinister 2 again. Didn't you like, say they showed him too much? Yes, because Bagul is not scary. I mean, he's scary 
when he's, he's not. He's more there. scary as an entity to, than a right. physical form. Right. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. And they just showed him too much, and it was just it took me out of it. And that's the only thing I would change about the ending to the first one. Instead of have seeing Bagul pick her up, because it just felt so weird. They should have just had her back into him and then just cut the black. Just cut the movie. Didn't he pop out at the end too for one last jump scare too? Yeah, that was corny too. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. But uh other than that, yeah, I mean it's a good movie. Um I do like okay, so I'm going to keep talking about Sinister 2 because it was a good idea in theory. Sinister 2, it was most, it focused on the kids and what they're going through as Bagul tries to recruit them. And in in Sinister 2, the uh, ghost children kept making the kid watch the videos over and over again, which makes sense in the first one because the projection kept playing while Ethan was, or Eli was sleeping. And the little girl was awake and she had Stephanie in her room telling her to be quiet. Um, the one night where the uh, the hanging video was playing in the office. So like, if you watch Sinister and Sinister 2, you, it makes sense. It's like, oh, wow. The kids had um, the little girl up that night watching the movie, watching the videos. And when Ethan Hawk, <laughs> when Ethan Hawk's character wakes up, he uh the the little girl and the decides to run and go back into her bed. It makes so much sense now. But I wish if Sensor 2, oh my god, if Sensor 2 did everything right, these two movies would have went perfect together. And I mean, I guess they still do because it explains a lot more what's going on through the little girl's perspective. So it's not a continuation to the next family, it's just the perspective of that girl. No, it's a continuation to the next family. But with this family, instead of focusing on the adults, it's focusing on, it's focusing on the kids. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I mean, Deputy So-and-so is in it. Um, he's the main character. But other than that, I mean, whatever. I wonder if Ray that's the- how we got the gig for it, because that came out not too far after that, right? Another thing I liked... looks like a kid. <laughs> another thing I liked is I didn't see the coming that the kids were going to be the killers oh yeah yeah that was a good one horror movies movies are so goddamn formulaic but this movie just kept making me go like what like (laughs) like baffled amazed like like just good for them it's i i don't like a lot of the 2010s horror movies but this is the top for me pinnacle number one if you haven't seen this movie and you like horror movies Watch this fucking movie. I can't yeah, stress that enough. I can't, I can't stress that enough. I can't really think any movie better than this. I mean, uh, in the 2010s. Uh, huh? The Bye Bye Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't even put Hereditary above this because Hereditary is more of a think piece. If you were looking for just straight horror, this movie just trumps every movie within that last decade. I can't think of a scarier movie. I'd give Hereditary an eight and this a nine. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. It's very disturbing. I... We're never going to review a better movie. How disappointing. You don't know that. We could, Candyman's going to be the greatest movie ever. Movie. All right. <laughs> 
Well, this podcast has been going for an hour too long because we love this movie. This has been the Spooky Doogie Podcast. I'm Mike. I am Derek. Stay spooky. Stay doogie.